it's the natural chemistry between us that makes this what it is. It's like we finish each other's sandwiches. So yeah, I think you're a macaw in the rough, but then a thoroughbred, you know, a Cheslin Colby in the loose. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think they look at me and they just think, Tyke Furlong. (laughs) Because the hits keep coming. Barrels? I'm ready, man. Okay. We're a bilingual pod. <laughs> We're not. We're not. <laughs> oh, you don't even know. I'm very low energy. Same. I'm weird. Yeah. I'm really, um, yeah, it took it out of me yesterday. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> can, I, um, can I read to you a quote from you at the end of the game? Please. I thought this could be the name of the pod. Um, you said... I'm not emotional and I'm not erratic. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) I was spent. It was so strange. I was trying to process it a bit and Paul and I were discussing this and it felt like we'd lost. It was a really weird energy. I felt really deflated and yet we'd pulled off something remarkable. So yeah, it was very bizarre. Before we dive into the depths of our Welsh cultural condition. Yeah. Welcome to Lost Forward. Welcome, everyone. Um, now, it sounds like when we say everyone, we might have more than fan. Yeah, we have had some, yeah, some great interest from some dear friends uh, and some lovely feedback, constructive criticism, which is always my favourite type of criticism. Love that, yeah. Um, we've had a few really good reviews as well. Uh, one from Becca Lloyd. Shout out to Becca Lloyd, who completed Shout her first 5K yesterday. Remarkable. Yes, Becca. Um, yes. So her review was, this podcast literally saved my life. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that's good. She had it on in the bath. Um, she might have drowned if, if oh. she hadn't had it on. So it did literally save her life. And she told me I could quote her on that so um yeah but we just wanted to say thank you to people who are listening and feeding back we are thrilled to have you all on board bex hearn who is a rugby aficionado who plays the game um along with her lovely wife jem um shout out bex and jem shout out bex and jem who cycled around the world so that's the kind of fan that we've got caliber of athlete that we've got listening to us um she is going to help us with a new feature. Her name is Bex Hearn, and the feature is Overhearned. So she is going to send <laughs> us uh, any uh, innuendo. So this week we've got your prop is saying he's not getting enough head. Um, and then we also had in the second game, Sutherland has a little ball and muscle. So thank you, Bex. That is the Overhearned feature. Uh- <laughs> I've got one that I just wrote down from Ireland, France, which of course was close personal friend of the pod, David Flatman. Um, when Porter came off, he said, oh, he's touched him up once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that we're going to try and introduce, uh, we had a Twitter account a lifetime ago, followed by Gabby oh, Logan. Gosh, Shout out yeah. to Gabby Logan, if you want to <laughs> give Bright us a gal. follow. Or get us on the BBC. 
Oh yeah, could do. Go straight in with yeah. that, Probs. Um, that was phases of play. So we're now going to introduce phrases of play. So anything that the referees say. Uh, if you step off the line again, I will free kick you. I thought that was nicely aggressive. <laughs> uh, That's my dating strategy. Yeah. And we know it's cold today, but we don't need a bundle. That was a good one too. <laughs> um, so yeah, just some new features we're going to be trialling over the fallow week. Can I also add in one thing? I know I'm realising now in this double act that I might be the straight one. So I tried yesterday to come up with my own like punny name for my like Zoom account and no one commented on it at all. And I felt, <sighs> isn't I just shouldn't do it. I know your role, isn't it? I've been playing yeah. the long game this time. Um, I've got a bottle of wine on the go. It's a Chianti with some Carlo Del Fava beans. So playing the long game. I absolutely can't. My name yesterday was... Bob Dylan Cretin and nobody picked me up on it. You hate it. You're actually wrinkling your nose in disgust. It's a visual pun, Cretin. Oh, Wales and France off to a van der Fleer. A van der Flyer. Off to a flyer. <laughs> off to a flyer. Good. Is it really a flyer, though? Because Wales are yet to be a team of 15 men. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how. Wales are, along with France, the only two teams left who could achieve a Grand Slam. Look at you smiling. Don't try to understand it. Just love it. Embrace it. My mother had that on a fridge magnet once in relation to me. Don't try to understand her. Just love her. I've had too much of this wine. I'm becoming morose. Maybe we just need to start with some highlights um i think we start with the wales game i've got pages of highlights i've got a page of highlights um we need to embrace the fact that we are wales fans and it's okay to start with the wales game focus on that be excited by it i think even for the neutrals it was a stonking game so i think i think we're okay so we're gonna start with that um yeah we couldn't record last night i think it was (laughs) We were spent, so we've had time to reflect. I rewatched it this morning to get my uh, analytical head on. Has your analytical head come up with anything different from the not emotional and definitely not erratic head <laughs> of um, last night? It hasn't actually. <laughs> so, so that was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Can I go through my list of things I was really pleased about with God, that? Catherine, I've been sitting here waiting for you to do that. Oh. We should start... Well, first of all, let's start with it was a bonus point win. Not to be sniffed at. We'll take that. Mm. So we'll start there. We'll go in strong. Um, we'll also say the line-out was much improved, apart from the shaky start. Yeah, I thought the try-line defence was very strong. I think midfield was perhaps a bit shakier, but um, real commitment on their own try line yeah the budget bench in inverted commas that's something that we were concerned about but real impact can i say i did not feel it was a budget bench i actually was quite excited by the bench it was a lightweight bench on paper if you'd had those other players available and fit i don't think they would have been on the bench i think that's what we meant by that but actually immediate boost particularly brown and botham i thought were really strong 
Hardy and Sheedy. Great. Halaholo. Really liked the energy that he brought. Congratulations, Malo, on your first Welsh cap. I thought the bench made the difference, actually. Mm-hmm. They really um, each came on and lifted the game. Leon Brown coming on that first scrum when he came Immediate on. Immediate impact. Stand up, Leon Brown. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. And both of them, I thought the way that he was chatting, yeah. the energy he was showing, he was bossing people about. Um, and considering that he'd only just been brought in, I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, and I thought it was really bold of Pivak to take off Davis and Bigger quite early on. But actually, really good call. Hardy and Sheedy were solid, I thought, apart from Sheedy not having his kicking boots, uh, making the last 10 minutes very stressful. But yeah, really good. It's going to be tricky, I think, for Pivak um, in the England game, particularly if we've got some people back. I think Tompkins has to go. I thought he was a liability. Um, But otherwise, I think people played themselves into contention rather than um, the other way round. Um, I thought Watkin particularly Oof, was really solid, apart from some <laughs> some obvious uh, costly missed tackles. Mostly, I thought he was really solid. And yeah, that yeah. tap tackle. I actually think Van der Merwe, he looked like he was cutting back in. And so actually, if he hadn't done that, if he'd held his line, I, I don't know that Watkin would have got to him. So I think that was a mistake from him. Um, and then it looked like Lewis Rees-Sam, it had slipped. So he would have been away or, or Hogg would have been away. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, <laughs> a stroke of good luck. Uh, so yeah. Hey, Lewis Rees-Samet, great finisher. It's just great to see somebody doing what they do simply really well, going for the try line. Mm-hmm. And I hear he's now massive on TikTok and I was reading something this morning about Lewis Rees-Samet and all the teenage girls on TikTok fawning over him actually being a really powerful way to bring rugby to a younger audience. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, handy P, I think do it, Zamo. Becca Lloyd pointed out that Sheedy is the Welsh Pedro Pascal. So <laughs> that's a good little spot there as well. Um, yeah, I think with Lewis Rees-Samet, I thought that the, obviously the try was spectacular running at full pelt being able to chip like that and gather and score was phenomenal but also I thought the build-up to Liam Williams try the fact that he held his line drew some defenders Mm. released Williams was great I thought the kick at 77 minutes was sensational um the only question I have around him is sometimes when he's competing for the ball I think he's a bit hesitant he seems a bit reticent to get involved uh, it's been interesting this weekend of rugby watching because there's been a lot of tries scored and made through dragging, making defences play really narrow and then exploiting them on the wing or like in behind after pulling, like getting people to kind of come off their line or, or kind of lose their position. And I think he sometimes has a tendency to do that. I think maybe not trust the touchline as much as an, a more experienced player. Um, but I think that's all stuff that you could work on. Whereas like I was thinking a bit about Tompkins and defensively why he makes me feel nervous. <laughs> and I think it's because even if he like it's not even about a positional thing, it's like I feel like he's not grounded when he's in defence. Like mm-hmm. he uh he's he's not sort of connected with the floor that like he doesn't look that way to me. 
Um, and again, like quick one from me, have I ever played international men's rugby? I haven't. <laughs> Am I saying this from the point of Spoiler view? Spoiler alert. Somebody, she yeah, hasn't. Thinks, obviously, yeah, I'm saying this from a fan's perspective and I don't think I would do a better job than Nick Tompkins in a million years. But I'm from watching, your eye is drawn to him in a sort of panicky way he's chaotic i think there's an energy there i think yeah. he doesn't trust himself it looks like he's forcing things yeah, and it i just want him to calm down it's really edgy which brings me on to something we chatted about i think at half time and at the end about man management confidence and motivation yeah will haynes made the fantastic observation that um wales looked like a team very low on confidence when they were on the ball yeah um, and I agree with that. Despite winning and despite the kind of um, the brilliance of Zamet, I don't feel like that has changed. The fact that Wales don't seem to have that many. It's almost like they have too many ideas. So when they're on the ball and the ball's in their hands, they look startled. They look kind of lacking in confidence. I agree with that in the first half. I think they probably grew into it and settled. But yeah, I think at 17-3, was it? I thought this is going to get messy, this scoreline. Yeah. Because Scotland, on the other hand, looked composed, confident. They were enjoying themselves. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, it, it could have really turned <laughs> at that point. Because we talked, didn't we? We talked about at half time, not to get all uh, Moira Rose about this, Um <laughs> 12-time daytime uh, Emmy <laughs> Award nominee. Um, we were chatting about uh, motivating and empowering performers. And so myself and my friend Matt, who's a director, were talking about it from like a direct, you know, kind of a theatrical point of view. But I think there's some similar stuff there where like I was looking at the game uh, from like an acting, directing perspective being like, these players don't know why they're there slash don't feel or the the impression I'm getting as a viewer is they're not they don't feel empowered to do it themselves and I think there's two things happening there's like how to reignite that curiosity and interest and fire in the older players Mm -hmm. because if you're going to perform you've got to have an interest like you've got to have a hook there's got to be something you're working on um I could quote again from Dan Carter's autobiography <laughs> I won't <laughs> um or shall I <laughs> no carry no, on I won't. um and then for the younger players you've got to make them feel like Zamet like you you've got to make them not think like you don't want a young player to come up and immediately be bombarded with like nerves mm-hmm. and um kind of self-censorship which is a bit I think how we see Tompkins like he's got great instincts and go forward but then you're seeing someone who's been told too many things at once and then he just doesn't really know what to do mm-hmm. the the key is to to make an actor or a performer feel like they're making everything up themselves <laughs> um but also feel confident in doing that so that they're not second guessing themselves before they've completed an action mm. And I think thinking about rugby a bit like that, a bit like acting, like you can see the Welsh attack, particularly in the first half, censoring themselves or thinking too much before they just completed a simple pass or... Yeah. And maybe that's partly why the bench had such impact because it was younger players mostly who are fresh and excited and positive and... Yeah. 
I think maybe there's a point now where we have to go, okay, just nurture the young people. Like this, maybe this is the moment now we nurture the young players and we go with it. Um, yeah. 100%. I um, So I wrote down, as a fan of Wales, I'm exhausted and a bit uninspired. As a fan of rugby, I'm quite interested this weekend. Like this weekend, like I'm enjoying how much of a hot mess things are in general. Like nothing's been particularly slick or predictable so far. Yeah. And I, I'm interested in that. If it's okay, so I got, I actually cheered for Scotland at a couple of points yesterday. Okay, that's not okay. I'm, I'm going to have to end the Friends, pod. please go back and listen to the Golden Gusset one or the one before where we talk about what the podcast is for making mistakes <laughs> learning growing no um <laughs> not these kinds of mistakes <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hoggy's running game like i think i really want to take a moment to be like Stuart hogg you like everybody when he was named captain was a bit like what full but like what's he gonna do and also like really and he has grown into it captaincy has done exactly what you hope it will do which is elevate him as a player and as a leader and I really enjoyed yesterday Ali Price and Finn Russell competing mm-hmm. to see who had the best attacking kicking game. Yeah. <laughs> and Stuart Hogg being like, hold my beer, guys. So my heart really went out to him. We haven't even touched on the red card. Well, I've still got I've got lists of highlights and lowlights I need to get through, really. Oh, calf, so, push on. <laughs> if we go back to Scotland though, I think um Russell again, so casual nonchalant in his passing nothing phases him he's just in his body experiencing it seeing what's on and going with it even when things don't go his way you get that instant flash of irritation or annoyance but then it's immediately off him and he just moves Mm. on so I really liked that um and I really liked their cohesion in the first half and the fight that they showed. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. I think they were very unlucky. And I know that... <sighs> yeah, um, they did not deserve to lose that game. <laughs> and I know that people will query that red card. And I think my cousin made an interesting point. Um, he was like, if you're a Welsh fan, that's clearly a red card. If you're a Scottish fan, that's clearly not a red card. And I think I think that's right in that you probably can argue it either way if you want to. Like, strictly, it's within the letter of the law. I can see why it was red. I could have seen if they'd given a yellow, I would have been able to see why that was yellow. I think it's one of those ones where we'll take it. We were fortunate, but they were very unfortunate. Uh, I know Townsend was fuming (laughs) with the decision-making process. He was fuming at the end when Scotland were awarded a penalty. so I, I can understand some of that frustration, um, but I just feel relieved, basically. I think we're riding our luck. <laughs> I don't know how long that will continue, um, but I think you do have to have bits of luck in professional sport, um, yeah. as well as moments of brilliance, like Zamo. Um, and also real fight from the Welsh, you know, real commitment, yeah. discipline. Some of that doggedness is back. Um, yeah. They just didn't want to fold, so... Yeah, it could have gone either way. <laughs> oh my gosh, if Scotland had a team of Stuart Hogs, like the heart and fire of a Stuart Hogg, poof, they'd be unstoppable. <laughs> if Wales had a team of Justin Tipperick's, mm. like he he literally played every position at one point, it seemed like yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like popping up at scrum half. I sort of love him being in, I think it, it seems like 
Wayne Pivak is literally being like, look, anything with Justin, <laughs> can you just be my eyes and ears and like, <laughs> yeah. mop, like mop up, yeah? Um, and he's so talented that he can play his own position and also do that. Yeah. And as someone who is mostly learning about rugby through watching it, playing it very little, but, you know, like watching it a lot, some of those things take you a long time to appreciate, I think, or to mm. notice. And like, like, People are still sleeping on Justin Tipperick, I think. Yeah, still. Absolutely. It, yeah. it baffles me. He can do everything. Just to go to some low lights for Scotland, I thought there were far too many snidey afters from the Scottish. After having a big win last week, I felt they'd tipped over into, we are going to rile you, we're going to wind you up. I don't mind a bit of afters, as we all know. Maybe I am being biased. Maybe that's the emotional reaction. I felt sorry for Hogg tripping and tackling himself. Okay, for balance, let's go to some lowlights for Wales. Um, we've touched on Tompkins. Um, Bigger was anonymous, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking to myself, it is very rare to watch Wales and think, oh yeah, Bigger's playing. He hasn't made an impact at all. I, I think he's not considered a pivotal player in the current structure, like the the structure that they're playing. He's no longer very key. He's someone who really is a confidence player, I think, or like he really likes to be a leader. I can't even think of seeing him at first receiver, but he must have been at first receiver. Like. <laughs> no, Tipperick um, was. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um because I think, I feel like Wales aren't playing off 10 at all. Alan Wynne-Jones, I thought, was not quite the figure that he was last week. Um, and it was strange to see him being subbed, I thought. What else? Let's talk about Halaholo. I loved that Pivak stood up for him as well and said, yeah, yeah. brilliant. That pass out to Lewis rees Summit, perfectly timed, perfectly weighted, mm. Um and some good hits. I thought, yeah, I thought he really said, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to show you what I can do. I loved that. And I think it's testament to him to the many things he's been through in his life, which he's very yeah. public about. And like, what a complete human being and complete rugby player who has had fewer opportunities than others for reasons that are mostly to do with the colour of his skin or his background, which I think is complete shouldn't be any time for it yeah. um yeah could not be happier for you willis yeah. and i think it's what a turnaround from a, like a week ago it was like have we got there's no centers <laughs> yeah. um i literally the other day was like oh yeah jonathan davis didn't even think about him oh yeah remember him <laughs> But that's going to make it really difficult against England if we've got Johnny Williams, George North, Jonathan Davis all fit. I mean, certainly you drop Tompkins, but Watkin, yeah. I think, probably did enough, particularly in defence. And Halaholo had a great game, but yeah. he's not a prospect for the future, so probably you drop him. Um, but then that's hard, isn't it? Because he did really well. And so I don't know how you uh, make those decisions, really. What I th I think... This isn't necessarily what my heart would want to do, but what I think Pivak will do is have Halaholo on the bench, start Watkin and Johnny Williams or Watkin and George North, depending on who's fit, and bring Halaholo for impact because he's got a magic that I think... But even if they're all fit, if they're all fit, do you think Halaholo's getting on the bench? 
Well, I mean, they're all fit, Kath. I feel like, you know, are we asking the right question? <laughs> well, that's not in question. <laughs> <laughs> um, every time Will Haynes is like Johnny Williams, Love Island job, I just... <laughs> Shout out, Will Haynes. Um, my next point was the back line has got to be Liam Williams, Adams and Zamo. Or like you'd imagine, ideally... Exciting, electric, pacey. From we love a rangy fella at the back, as you know. Famously, yeah, we're on record saying that. So, and then you've got Johnny May and Anthony Watson, who industrious AF. They were my highlights from the England match. Yeah. Yes. So I I want to get onto this because I really enjoyed the England game. It was like I am watching them try and get out of their comfort zone a bit. It was less like bullying structured kind of strangling rugby but it was like for the first time I watched England and I was like oh that's what Henry Slade is for like I was like oh sure like uh like Anthony Watson is just he's a he's a lion he is a like he's a delight to watch yeah oh I, I for me him and Johnny May are no comparison Anthony Watson is an athlete like he is so talented and he's so industrious like he's always looking for work like you can see that Johnny May has learned to do that or someone's told him and he's very good at doing what he's told but I think there's something about Anthony Watson that like I just I love seeing him on the ball and yeah I, I really really enjoyed the England game mostly it didn't really register with me apart from May and Watson and Daily, no, I'm not sure about Oof, him still, but maybe mate. Slade a little bit more, maybe Ford. But otherwise, I yeah, there wasn't much to write down for me. <laughs> Au contraire, I wrote, I really like England's dummy runners. Obviously, the accuracy of the passing let them down at times. But if there's one thing England will do, it is drills and structure until they get it right. So like, I, that's nothing to worry about. I think they should be taking more risks going forward rather than going into their shell like as a Welsh fan I would be worried if England keep taking more risks it might open the game up and mean that it's a bit closer but like that's more scary to me than an England who stick to their structures give away very few penalties are really physically aggressive I also think Luke Cowan Dickey was great and he put his hand up I don't even want to bring him up because he's what did you think about the late high hit by Owen Farrell towards the very end of the game? Do you know what? I was trying to evolve in that area <laughs> and change I've been my to attitude. <laughs> in Owen Farrell. <laughs> I've been really trying to change my attitude towards him and to focus on some of his strengths and some of the positives and to give him more credit because I think he's probably misunderstood in some ways. But after that mm. match, I thought, no, no, I was right. You were running in from distance to try and get involved in scraps. Yeah. You were being snipey. You were chatting back to the referee. Your game is not on point at the moment and you're blaming everyone else. I just, and I thought the challenge on Varney, I thought by his standards, it's not that bad. But I thought yeah. like... I'm just used to seeing that nonsense from him. But I don't know what else to say about it. I thought Italy started really strongly, were really sparky and bright. Um, They threatened to come back into it at points and then they had... I know it was a poor pass from 10, but they had that unlucky intercept. You know, that changed the game. That was a 14-point swing, potentially. You know, or it felt Mm. that way in terms of momentum. Um, So I don't think it was convincing from England, but then the scoreline... 
was solid. They'll take that six tries. It's interesting because I think you're judging England there the way an England fan would, which is holding them to a very high standard, Mm. which is partly the standard that they've publicly said they think they're aiming for, which they aren't at. Or like publicly stating you want to be the greatest rugby team of all time (laughs) is like... I admire the high balls. <laughs> <laughs> the minerals. Um, the minerals, yeah, as the lads would say. Um, but I actually think like it's a, it's getting a little bit like how it is when you have to deal with English football fans, where like any major tournament comes up and they talk about it as if it is their God-given right to win it. It's a and foregone then you have, conclusion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you sort of have to be like... Mm, but, but like statistically like, or like really just gonna stop you there <laughs> like you know just see it for what it is put less pressure on these players mm. and let them explore and find themselves somehow this six nations is very juicy like it's a magical a lot, tournament so much tea yeah like i feel like Everything we've said, I'm good. I'm really looking forward to, particularly like a Bex Hearn. And if any of the Barnes girls, like rugby ladies, are listening, please WhatsApp me because I feel like we said a lot of stuff that people are going to like really come back at, particularly if you're not Welsh. And like, <laughs> great, like it, it feels dramatic and interesting, even though the fans aren't there. And something Katie Haynes said was that I can't remember one of the Scotland tries but wouldn't have been scored if the crowd had been there because there was like a call, like a verbal call that I don't think would have been heard. I can't remember if it was the last try. Somebody was saying that in commentary or like in the analysis at the end. Like maybe we're also seeing some different rugby because the players have got a bit used to playing without fans, the different things they can take advantage of. Just to say about Wales, just to go back, um, I was thrilled that we didn't concede a penalty towards the end. The discipline there was mammoth. And also to not let them get within a drop goal range. You know, it, I thought that was great game management. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased about that because that's the sort of Wales we saw under Gatlin. So it's nice to see that they they are holding on to some of that. And I think that's Gethin Jenkins Gethin, coming in, isn't yeah. it? Kath, <laughs> are you ready for a little bit of a light feature? Six Nations themed. Okay. Um, you know, we've we've done the sort of heavy lifting and now it's time for just a little bit of S&C, bit of strength and conditioning just to kind of loosen up. So this is with whom would you rather Home Nations Coaches Edition. The six nation coaches you have to choose from are Media Hurricane, Eddie Jones. <laughs> Rural Headmaster Vibes, Wayne Pivak. <laughs> Last Man Standing at B&Q on Boxing Day, Andy Farrell. <laughs> and definitely has an expensive wine subscription, Gregor Townsend. So I'll give you the options. These are your activities and you've got to pick a man for each option. Number one, with whom would you rather referee the World Cup final? So one of you's on the pitch, one of you's TMO. Well, which way round? Well, you can choose that. With whom would you rather invest in a pyramid scheme? (laughs) (laughs) With with whom would you rather perform Knowing Me, Knowing You at a karaoke bar? (gasps) Yeah. And finally, with whom would you rather or who would you rather act as your lawyer? I wonder whether the pyramid scheme has to be Eddie Jones 
Um, that's locked in. Yeah, that's a great show. Now, I would ref with Farrell. I might be the TMO. <sighs> okay. Mm. I'm built for the TMO. Attention to detail. Yeah. Stickler for the rules. Like the power play. Focus puller. <laughs> sorry, can I just swoop in here and uh, get you to check this? Andy, Andy. Uh, sorry, Andy. One second. <laughs> so I'm putting Farrell in there. Pivak for the lawyer. Townsend mm. for the song. Gosh, we are very different creatures, I think. So I did go Eddie for the pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. I've gone Faz, big Faz for knowing me, knowing you. Act as my lawyer. I've gone Gregor Townsend because he doesn't give anything yeah. away. But I think there's like, you know, that bit at the end in a movie where the lawyer has a really impassioned speech and they yeah. look at yeah. everyone. I think he'd nail that, which just means by default, I've gone, I'll ref on the pitch. I want to get amongst <laughs> it. <laughs> and then I've got Peeves up in the TMO. Peeves. Now, this might be a fun one to throw out to our buds. Fans. I think we can almost say fans now. <laughs> we got. I, th- um, I think we can say fans, yeah. Next week is obviously the Talupi Fallow Tau week. Right, you've stolen that as well. You stole a line <laughs> from me last week. You act all coy and like, oh no, we can't have that, we can't have that. And then you swoop in, so. I'm just desperate to have like a little bit of the humour. And I know that that's, that's not what I'm here for. I know it's not. Um, just humour me, I guess. Mm. As she swigs on her wine. So what I was going to ask fans is, um, what should we chat about next week? Still thinking about the 15 thing I'm going to say. I just had a chat with Skello. Hello, William Blight. A former fullback himself. A rangy fella at the back. And he is rangy. Um, <laughs> with a boot. About um, how high most defences and defensive lines are. And so therefore how flat their attacks are because they either leave the 15 alone exposed at the back or maybe with one, like another player dropping back to cover them. Like, or they just haven't got that like depth of people running onto the ball. This would be an interesting sort of general topic to to think about. The other thing that would be great to know from fans (laughs) is... Uh, who, if anyone, apart from Kath and I, is going to be watching Super Rugby Aotearoa 2021, which starts in less than a fortnight. Wow. Because would you like a small preview? Obviously, I could fill about three and a half hours. If you could fly us out there, we'll give you a preview for free. A free view. The other thing I'd like to do in the fallow week is get our group together for a live pod or like a group pod, the tight five, the squad, something or other. I don't know. Um, The pack. we got to revisit the pack. That's what we were called originally. I also put at the top of my list, Project Runway, Rugby Project. I would love the opportunity to just prepare some swatches, um, (laughs) a few mood boards, uh, just so I can really show you the work I've been doing behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Can you just pitch it to us? Can you just give us a sound yeah. bite to get people hungry for next week? Okay. <laughs> so the Project Runway Rugby Project is a style revolution which is rucking its way through men's rugby fashion. 
in which I, unqualified designer, stylist, wearer of clothes, <laughs> design a rugby team's looks from top to toe, from daywear to nightwear, from training to formal function. Um, and it tells a story. It's going to have texture. Um, we're going to involve some interesting designers and um, someone please give me this job. I just want to come back to one other thing that you mentioned earlier, that we're a bilingual pod. Kath, this week we're actually a trilingual pod. (gasps) Go on. One of the joys of the last year for me has been discovering a lot more about domestic rugby and culture in New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. I thought prior to us really diving into the start of Super Rugby, I would do a pitu pitu kororo aotearoa, which is a little news feature from New Zealand. So, uh, something happened this week that was the only thing that made me, like, out loud squeal with happiness at my phone. I want you to guess it, Kath. Like, what? <laughs> who would it be about if I squealed? Um, it's going to be Chartered Surveyor or it's going to be Patrick Tupolotu. So, I don't know which one to plump for. Now, if it was Big Pie T, I would have texted you immediately. Okay, so it's Ardy. <gasps> Not given the captaincy. Ardy Sarvea, Malo, congratulations, has been named the new Hurricanes captain. So maybe they've been listening to the pod as well, because we did talk about his leadership qualities. Uh, it is there for everyone to see. Ardy, this is... Just the beginning of a wonderful, wonderful chapter for you. And uh, we're sending you... Longer Falchiazai. There we are. Congratulations from Wales. Cariad Maur. Trilingual pod, so... Just another string to our bow. Oh, can I just say a big shout out to Helen Capelin, who has bought me for Valentine's Day a new mic. All the kit, all the gear. No idea, but that's fine. I'm making it work. I'm learning as I go because I'm all about growth mindset, isn't it? So. Cat's about the growth <laughs> mindset. I'm still about bulk gains. Instead of having a low on low feature, I thought we could have a low on Lou feature and you can keep an eye on Lewis over the rest of the tournament. Or skip to my Lou. And every time we're getting bogged down, we go, oh, skip to my Lou. And then we just replay that try. Um, here's a question. Was that try better than Maze or vice versa? Again, it's because of... I don't warm to him. I'd always pick Lewis Rees-Samit. I think that took more skill in the build-up, but I think yeah. May's finish was something else. That was the, I think that, yeah, the finish was, was sensation. That's a confidence finish. It's like a flourish. It's like, let me make all the back pages. To finish like that, everything has to be in place. Do we have anything to say just briefly about uh, <laughs> Island France? Because <laughs> I, I felt... Um, bored at points yeah. in that match. Um, I was really officially disappointed bored. by that game. Yeah. There were some sparks with the French offloading game. Um, and there was a bit of drama at the end, I suppose. But beyond that, I don't know what to say. But I don't know whether that's just my mood and the come down from yesterday. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but neither team seemed like the real deal. And if Wales get a win against England, maybe they could go and upset France who knows I think today seemed to be like France is Dupont and if he's not in the mix they sort of lack 
they looked more ordinary and they've not looked ordinary to me in the last year or so and I was like oh I don't quite know what I'm looking at. Yeah they looked human didn't they? They looked beatable. Yeah. And I never again and I know this is my bias but hey uh, sharing is the first stage of growing. I also don't know if I want to grow out of it. I'm never inspired watching Ireland play rugby. I know. It's a slog for me. It is. And it looks like it's a slog for them if I'm honest. A Stuart slog. You did well there. I will give you that one. That is good. Stuart Slog. You've got to take any victory you can, you know. If you're a little guy like me, a scrapper. (laughs) We've had a good weekend. I'm glad we're getting a break now. We've got some Mm. things to look forward to. Um, Everyone's sort of in amongst it. I think there's no standout team just yet. Um, All to play for. I'd like to say Hoilvaur, that's Welsh. Herera, which I think is Maori for goodbye. Those are the two I've got. (laughs) I've got nothing. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.